Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hi there. And this is our big episode, because we're doing our best of 2018, which is, I believe, Corey's favorite episode. Yes. It's funny, because I I spoke with a friend of the show, Brendan, the other day, which I hadn't been able to speak to him in a while, Um, and he mentioned that you had said that to him, that this is like your favorite one to do. And I thought that was kind of fun. So, um, yes. now did we limit ourselves? Because last time we we included ones that weren't not from 2018, right? Yeah, the, okay, yes, but we did limit ourselves for this one exclusively, the best of 2018. But it sounds like you didn't, and like you, you flipped the script on me, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, that, you know what? Then I'll switch. I can switch it up really fast. All right, that 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 works. Uh. Yeah, that, this one is supposed to be best of 2018. The Returns is just anything we watched in 2018, which is, you know, it's all good. Um, maybe I'm too complicated with my rules with these things. Uh, maybe we should just narrow it down to 2018 each time. But, um, yeah, these are looking at all the movies from 2018. Now, I, I saw very many movies that came out in the year 2018. Um, I think 170 is basically where I've ended off, uh, which... I may have even seen one more since then that I just didn't add to my list because I'm like, yeah, it's it's fine. Um, there are still some I missed from 2018 that I wanted to see uh, and some that I desperately did not want to see, like uh, your number one from last week, Mike Gotti. I'm good with not seeing that. I'm going to just skip that one and let it let Aww. it die by the, the wayside. Um, but it's my let, number one. I know, <laughs> number one return. Um, and, uh, you know... Um, this was a, a pretty good year overall. There were some duds for sure in 2018, but some of my, uh, a couple of movies have, I think, squeaked onto my top 50 all-time list from last year. So um, that says something to me. I, I think, I don't know, what did you guys think about the year overall, 2018 movies? Overall, I, well, no, I want to say that they, it was such a good year, but looking back at my list from, and the draft picks I had, because I had I had not only did I have Gaudi, I had Superfly. Those are oh. both this year. That's right. And I don't know what I was thinking. So, as much as I want to lean towards the positive, I'm now I'm turning my, just like I've had to change up my list, I'm turning towards the negative. Here. You did you did win though, despite having those two movies, and that's <laughs> that just well, I mean that's just crazy how much my one pick. My other picks performed, I guess, because yeah. the others were just... Yeah, Gotti barely got you any points. Um, <laughs> and Superfly is about the same. Superfly did a little better, and I, I didn't see that one either, actually. Um, the people that I know that saw it were not impressed by it. Uh, but, yeah, you know, um, I didn't hear as much negativity around it as I did Gotti. Like, I don't think anyone was praising Gotti, but some people may have liked Superfly. Um but uh Corey, what about you um i didn't see as many movies this past year as i did in 2017 but i felt pretty good about it i 
definitely had to work to whittle down my top five and even my top ten. So hmm, good. And definitely, I've added some like big favorites like to my overall lifetime list. Also, not well, saying they're critically acclaimed guys, but well, on a on a related note, if you are a subscriber to uh, Amazon Prime or Hulu, um, and Prime especially, Prime is pumping out the 2018 indie films like crazy. Um, they've recently added uh, Leave No Trace, 8th Grade. 8th um, Grade literally went on today. Alexa, I don't know if you guys have a, a, a Amazon Dot or Echo Dot or whatever. I don't want the government listening to me. Well, I'm kidding. Last <laughs> night, I mentioned to Kathy, like, we were laying down to go to sleep, and I said something about um, movies. I don't remember if I said I might go to a movie tomorrow or what I said, but all of a sudden, Alexa's like, here are some recommended movies for you to check out. Oh, um, creepy. And sh- she's like, if Bill Street Could Talk is playing in Orlando, and I'm like, yeah, I really want to see that. Thanks, Alexa. And she's like, and 8th grade has been added to Prime. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that, and that's really cool. So thank you, but still, why are you talking to me? But nonetheless, um, <laughs> I really do want to see if Bill Street Can Talk. It's one of the only 2018 films I've not seen that I desperately want to, and um, it just has not come close enough, and I was not able to get to Orlando today to see it. So that's one uh, that I may have missed. And keep in mind, even though I've seen a lot of movies, there are a definite amount that I've not seen um, that could have been on my list. And so by no means are these comprehensive lists. These are just our personal opinions of our favorite movies from 2018 um, in a recap episode uh, as we look back at the year prior. Um, If you've never listened to the show before... We make our list in private, and then this is uh, us kind of revealing from five to one. Um, and this episode is a little different than our norm because uh, the topic is so open, because it could be any movies that we saw. It's just our preferences from the year. Um, there will be, I think, a little less judgment uh, in in this sense because of that, but may- maybe not. Maybe there will be a lot of judgment. Who knows? Um, if one of you have Slender Man on your top five, there's going to be some I judgment do. coming from my direction, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, that said, we do like to talk about the movies um, fairly freely. However, I think because these are fairly new movies, maybe we should try to go spoiler-free as much as possible. What do you think, guys? Sure. Corey, you sound disappointed. I'll try. You can still give the warning if you want to. <laughs> I feel like I want to give the warning just in case. Okay. I might slip just up. just want to be able to say that. It's her, it's yeah. her routine. It is my thing. Go for so, it. So, guys... You can go to BerkReviews.com and check out each of our top five lists from 2018. Otherwise, from here forward, we're, we might talk about the movies in great detail. We'll try not to, but just in case, you've been yeah. warned. Because, again, these are some of these are new, and some of these have not been um, widespread uh, releases. And I do want to point out, for my sake, um, part of the reason why I've seen so many movies this year is I went to uh, South by Southwest, Tribeca, and the Florida Film Festival, which at each of those I saw like, somewhere between you know, 13 to 20 something movies. So I, I saw a lot of movies that other people haven't even heard of yet. Um, or at least, I mean, now I think most of them have been out and release, but it's still a chance you missed it. These are not always going to be movies that were heavily marketed. Um, and, or, uh, that got a wide theatrical release. They've, uh, but almost everything. Um, and that's not to say they're even in my top five, but I did see a, a wide berth of films, um, I might even throw a couple of names in there. I've mentioned some if you follow me on Instagram uh, through there because I like to promote these movies. Now, 
the, the next thing that we usually do on these shows is we guess how many of Mike's movies we've seen. Mike's movies are usually a little more obscure. Uh, however, considering we're doing 2018 movies, I don't know if he's had time to go obscure. And given the sheer number of films that I've seen, I'm going to go big like I did last week and say I've seen all five of Mike's movies. I was off by one last week with his number one pick. Gotti was the only movie on Mike's list last week that I didn't see. Um, I'm going to go big, though, and still say five movies uh, on Mike's list. Corey, what do you think? I'm going to go big in a Corey way, and I'm going to guess three. Ah, okay. So three for Corey. If Mike, uh, if she has seen three of Mike's movies, she wins, unless I win by seeing all five. Um, Mike, how many, do you know how many movies you saw uh, from 2018, out of curiosity? I, You know, when I was going over the list, and this is why I was wondering if we expanded it, which I just edited, so I'm glad you padded enough to give me the time to correct my <laughs> list. I must not have seen as many movies from 2018 as I thought I had. So uh, a rough estimate, 10, because I have 10 on my list. Okay. I'm, struggling, I'm struggling to get um, my last uh, I, honorable mention one, and I, I'll get it. I'm just I'm trying to think which is I really want to encourage you guys for 2019 to start using Letterboxd as a diary of what you watch like it all yes yeah, that would because that would make it easier and you could just look back and for a little bit i was using that and it's, mm-hmm. a, it's not a difficult thing to do so. i signed up <laughs> <laughs> it, um, hey, maybe i'll I take that maybe i'll post more pictures on my instagram 20, of the movies i'm seeing 2017 and 2018 i used the letterbox diary feature um extensively like i've never missed an entry and it like being able to look back at my year um and I do, um, I pay to be a pro member, and it breaks down, like, my statistics and stuff, which at the end of this episode, I am going to do my 2018 stats and kind of talk about some of, like, who, which directors I saw the most movies from, which actors, things like that. I, I really get a kick out of that because I watch a lot of movies. I watched 385 movies in 2018 total, um, so I like the, uh, the stats that it gives and whatnot, but... Um, Letterbox is not a sponsor. I do love the app, though. If you're a movie watcher, you like to watch a lot of movies, and or you like to see what other people are watching. I think Letterbox is one of the best um, movie fan social media sites out there, and I highly recommend it. Again, not sponsored by them, um, and well, they, should. Well, they should. They should be. Open uh, to that. I talk. I make, since, I make my students sign it, up maybe. for it. Since <laughs> you know, since I just opened a new tab and I'm logging into my Letterbox right now, I think. Uh, even though I don't do that as often as I should, I'm not doing us a good selling thing. Am yeah. I? I'm well, bad at this. Um, I do recommend the, the app, of course, for convenience. But I also, uh, I do. I actually make my students use this in two ways. One, um, I at least require them to log what we watch in class as a, as part of their diary. But two, um, every time we before we watch a movie, I have them answer some real basic questions about the films that we're going to watch. Like, who's the director? Who's in it? What other movies have they been in? Things like that. And they use Letterboxd to answer those questions. So it's like a research tool in my class for uh, Film 1 and Film 2 and visual technology. So, Letterboxd, if you're listening, uh, you owe me. So, um, And I'm installing the app again. Ah, there you go. Well, this week, Mike's going to go first. I'm second, and Corey will uh, follow us up at third. We will start with number five. So, Mike, if you are ready, what is your... Top five I movie of 2018. Ready, and I know you're gonna get at least one of the. No, I'm pretty sure you're gonna hit on all five of these because two we've watched together, so that oh. gives you a hint. Yes. Um, and this is one of them. And I, I'll be honest, I went to this one under duress. I didn't really want to go. 
Um, I can't remember if your daughter contacted my daughter and said, okay, let's go. And I said, okay, that's fine. And we rushed. I don't even know how we got ready because I think yeah. it was 20 minutes to show time. I'm like, what? what? And my daughter was killing me. Um, but once we got there, I'm glad we didn't miss any minute of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, honestly, I should have been... I, I know I would have been... I was more excited because this was the first time I... Other than the video game Shattered Dimensions where we saw Spider-Man Noir, um, mm -hmm. I was not at all familiar with Penny Parker. And I was ecstatic for Spider-Gwen. So, and I don't think that spoils anything at all. They're the, just... I think they got everything right, and it was a roller coaster, roller coaster of emotions going up and down. And I was, I wanted, I was wondering if Abby would put two and two together as to who um, one of the villains was going to end up being, and just I, 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 it hit every note correctly. And the combination, because I was also concerned about the animation style, but then the way the way it combined especially for Penny Parker, different animation styles, or even all of them, because they're slightly different for each character. It, it hit all the right notes, and I am really glad I saw that on the big screen. It was worth waiting for the end credits, like end, end, end credits, because then there's the inclusion of one other that I'm not going to mention. I won't spoil that because it's worth watching to the very end which i talk to other uh, usually i talk to my students about movies even though that's not my subject i teach we just bring it up from time to time mm -hmm. and i talked to one and they said no we didn't stay i said how could you not because <laughs> it was so well done but so that's my number five pick well before either one of us speak here i do want to point out if a movie um from one of our lists is in one of the other person's list, I say we wait to talk about it till it shows up, since this is a best of uh, list. So, like, if it so happens that Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse is on your list, Corey, don't don't talk about it here. Let's wait till we get to it naturally, okay? Fine. No right. kidding. And I'm not sure if it is, but um, I will. Uh, I am going to plead the fifth though, and not say anything about the movie for now. Corey, do you have anything to add to uh, Mike's number five, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I don't. All right. Well, then uh, mm -hmm. we come to my number five. Uh, and my number five is the new movie by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, The Favorite. And um, it's no secret if you've been listening to the podcast that I am a big fan of Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, even his harder to uh, deal with movies like Dogtooth, I have, I don't want to use the word enjoyed, but I appreciate. Um, enjoyed is a hard phrase with, with his movies. However, I did enjoy The Favorite. Um, it is his first film that he did not write, thus it is also his most accessible film. So if you're unfamiliar with his work, this is a really good jumping off point. Um, not to mention that it features three unbelievably amazing performances, uh, with all three being recognized at the Golden Globes this past week, or well, a couple weeks now that you're hearing this. Um, Olivia Colman, Emma Stone, Rachel Weiss, um, all nominated, and that means Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss were both nominated for Best Supporting Actress which does not happen very often where the same movie gets two supporting actress nominations. Um, Olivia Coleman did win her category as well, uh, so she won Best Actress at the Golden Globes. Um, I'm expecting a good possibility for any one of those uh, women to get nominations at the Oscars. Uh, you will know that by the time you hear this podcast. However, we don't because we're a little earlier than them. Um, Nicholas Holt also has a tremendously awesome performance. 
Um, mm. I saw this at a critic screening first, but then I took my daughter to see it because I loved it so much I wanted to see it again, and she also enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, there's a couple of uncomfortable scenes, I will say, but not as bad as it could have been. Um, but, I mean, my God, I don't usually like period pieces. So when I saw that this is what he was doing, I, I should be more precise. I don't usually like royalty-based period pieces or nobility-based period pieces. Movies like this one or uh, Love and Friendship or um, Mary, Queen of Scots, for example, which I did not like. But The Favorite totally clicked with me, mainly because of those three women and their um, just outstanding performances. It's funny. Um, it's thought-provoking, and it is based on truth. Now, based on is definitely loosely. There's a lot of uh, liberties taken here. But, man, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are just so outstanding. And Rachel Weisz has worked with Yorgos Lanthimos before in The Lobster, and she is becoming one of my favorite actresses. But I've been a fan of Emma Stone for a long time. In fact, um, La La Land uh, is a film that I absolutely love with her in it as well. But I will say without very much hesitation that her performance in The Favorite is her best performance. And if you've not seen it or not had the chance to see it, highly recommend you add that to your watch list. Um, it is my number five. Out of all 170-something movies that I saw from 2018, it's number five. So that speaks volumes. This, uh, I am still, I'm, thanks to Tubi, I have access to Dogtooth, and I'm still in the very beginnings parts of it because I'm, I've been hesitant, but it's okay. not that I couldn't handle it. I know, I know there are rough parts in it, to put it mildly and i totally got into the lobster i it's this is one of those that i wanted to catch in the theater didn't get a chance to because well and the other part of it is that it's his most accessible work to date mm -hmm. i hope that he goes back to doing his own but if this is where he's going this is also a good i mean that's there's nothing wrong with that yeah it, it should be noted it still has his flair like oh, um, okay. it's still got the biting comedy um it's, it's just yeah it's okay. just more down to earth than some of his other concepts like in fact this is by far his most straightforward work because a lot of the other ones there's a lot of implied meaning and um you're constantly questioning exactly what is going on like think of how unique the universe is of the lobster um, and really mm -hmm. killing of a sacred deer too because he, he creates his own set of rules in his worlds um, and the favorite is much more grounded in, in reality and that I think is what makes it so accessible more so than the like uh, Rachel Weiss has got so many little side snarky comments that if you're not on it like keeping up with her dialogue you will miss a hundred jokes because she's almost always insulting somebody but you have to like listen to her because she never gives away that she's insulting them. She just says it as a throwaway line, and it's just brilliant. Um, yeah, I really, really love uh, this movie. I, and I really love her. It's been a long time. I can't think of the last film at the big screen. I saw maybe Enemy at the Gates. That's how long ago. Mm. It's been nice that I've seen, or was The Mummy after Enemy at the Gates? I cannot remember. I don't remember. I, I feel like The Mummy would have been first, but I'm not 100%. Okay, um, but I, I, am a, I do like her, so yeah. I should have I watched this I, so so bad at this and i will point out um in my top five every single one of the movies i have seen um multiple times uh, at least two and only one of them i only saw once in the theater all the other ones i saw at least twice in the theater so that's that's an interesting detail i don't think that's ever been the situation uh, since we've been doing this podcast at least hmm. Corey, do you have anything to add or are we going to hear something different from you i love this movie 
I agree with you. I was nervous going in to watch this movie. I know you weren't, but I was because I didn't like um, Killing of a Sacred Deer. And oh, yeah. that also didn't really, I didn't enjoy Dogtooth. It was very hard for me to get through that one. Again, I didn't um, use the word enjoy either because it's No, good. <laughs> no, I know. No, I know you didn't. But like, that's a one and done. I don't even know how I made it through it the first time. So I was really hoping that this would lean closer to the lobster. I love the lobster. I think the humor in it is just great. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, the whole, I was really surprised. My whole like audience was into it too. And everyone was laughing and I had older ladies in their 70s sitting beside me, like, on every beat, and it kind of killed me. But (laughs) I love this one. All right. Well, so I'm guessing, since she's talked about it, it's not in your top five. What is your number five? Guys, I couldn't leave off eighth grade. All right. Corey's number five. Sorry, I was going to say number five, eighth grade. Um, I think that Bo Burnham did such a good job capturing that awkward my awkward phase started in like seventh grade and I don't know if it ever ended I think it's gotten a little better but I think that he captured that so well in this and I love Elsie Fisher and her portraying that main character I just think was so good and we've talked about it before but there are times that things could have gone badly in this movie and thankfully it didn't because I wouldn't have had the heart. But I love the oh. humor. Um, I just, I just think he did such a good job. I'm really glad that it's on someone's top five. It, it is an honorable mention for me. Just I won't say where on the honorable mentions, but um, I agree almost a hundred percent. I saw this three times in the theater. Um, I adore it. Um, I bought it as soon as it came out. And I was ecstatic to hear that it was on Amazon Prime because I will be recommending this movie to my students next week. I do uh, weekly recommendations that they can watch on their own if they want to, but they also can watch for extra credit opportunities. Um, They can write a reflection essay uh, to earn some extra credit points if they watch movies outside of class and that I recommend. Um, And so I'll be adding this one to the list for them uh, next week since it is now available on Prime. And um, there is this is a year that had some pretty excellent horror films uh one that i can't stand and people are loving and then two that i thought were so intense uh, i was on the edge of my seat and yet there is a scene in eighth grade equally as tense and i won't say what happens uh because again we're not trying to spoil anything but there is a scene that if especially i think if you are a parent of a young girl uh you will be on such a defensive feeling um and Luckily, like Corey said, though, everything that feels that way does get resolved fairly well without any, like, um, it doesn't ever go too far. But, it, man, does it make you feel like it might. And um, it's just, oh, there's some really great cinematography. I really like the sound design in this movie. Um, the, the use of uh, musical motif for one of her crushes I just thought was so funny and it worked really well for me. Yeah, I... Um, I got to see it at uh, South by and Bo and Elsie Fisher were in attendance and did a Q&A afterwards um, and Elsie Fisher was nominated for uh, Golden Globe uh, for best performance and I thought that was amazing um, I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram but she is adorable um, her and Bo both because they've been like touring the movie all year um, and uh, when I was, was at South by Bo pointed out that she had auditioned for her high school play and didn't get a part. So um, I'm sure her teacher is, you know, eating uh, 
eating his words now that she has been nominated <laughs> for a Golden Globe. So, um, good job, Elsie. And yeah, you're on Corey's number five top five movie. Um, all right, uh, I, Mike. I don't know if there's anything you want to add. I'm sorry because I. I'm not going to. But actually, let's just go right into my next pick because it is eighth grade. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, she just was so natural in that role, and I mean, she's the right age, and just. All those idiosyncrasies that I don't know that some of us have ever lost. Just it, it, it really was a flashback, and was like, uh, and obviously I'm not a teen girl, um, but <laughs> they're just little things. And the, just you even mentioning that one part just makes my palms get sweaty and yeah. very concerned. And we weren't sure. And I know my wife and I were looking at each other and what is going. And that was it, 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 it for a little bit didn't match the tone of the rest of the movie. And I just I, it, it, it could have delved into a very, very, very bad place. And I'm glad it didn't. Um, yep. But I mean, that's a, I think it's important to put that there because that is something that could very well happen to people without getting more specific. It, it, it really is. Uh, it was terrifying in in its little instance there. Um, yeah, well, I can't really add a whole much else because I did not I did not catch this in the theater. I probably I wish I could have, but definitely just dove into it very excitedly, and yeah. that's crazy that they, she didn't get her high school drama part or I know. school drama part. Um, but yeah, that shows you what some of us teachers sometimes miss yeah i i absolutely adore this movie so much um even there's like the scene at the end where she goes on a like a little dinner date um it's not a spoiler but it's such a cute and endearing scene um actually the 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 boy that she's on the date with follow uh i don't think he follows me on instagram but he liked some of my eighth grade reviews back a while back and i was like oh my god um so um, I like when uh, the people involved like what I say about their movies and such, but um, that's not why I say them, mind you. But I do like when it, it happens to work that way because there's some um, there are some people who probably would hate me if they read my reviews. Uh, but you know, you got to be honest. And um, that said, uh, the next movie I don't know if everyone's gonna have it where I have it, but for me, since I saw it at the Florida Film Festival has been high on my list and it is one of my favorite films from this year still and it's hearts beat loud uh from 2018 directed by brett haley stars uh nick offerman who might be my favorite person on the planet um i'm not even saying actor i just i just adore nick offerman for one he's got that look that can make your skin turn cold if he's mean looking towards you you know what i mean like he can (laughs) give you the meanest look and yet when he smiles, it is the purest, most innocent thing in the world. And yes, the giggle. And if you want <laughs> proof of it, look for the video where he sees little Sebastian on Parks and Recreation, because that is the look I'm talking about. <laughs> there is nothing more pure and happy than that moment when Ron Swanson sees little Sebastian. Yet, in Hearts Beat Loud, you want a similar moment when he hears his song playing at the coffee shop. One of the best little joys I've ever witnessed. Now, I, I do love him, and he's great in this movie. However, Kiersey Clemens kills it in hearts beat loud and her um sasha lane who showed up first on the scene in american honey and then she's in uh, the miseducation of cameron post this year as well 
Um, she is a up-and-coming megastar, and it appears she's going to be in the new Hellboy movie alongside uh, David Harbour. Um, so no. Sasha Lane's an actress you should be um, should have on your radar because she's going to be a megastar over the next couple of years. But um, this movie also has Ted Danson uh, in his best movie performance. He's so good. Um, I love him in the uh, in the Good Place, but he's so good in this. And then Tony Collette, who I I love in almost everything. Anyways, I think she is so terrific, and she had a bigger year uh, than just Hearts Be Loud. But I'll leave that off just in case someone else is going to talk about it. Um, but this movie, uh, it's music driven, which is part of who I am. Um, it's a, a father saying goodbye to his daughter. My daughter is oh, getting choked up. Sorry. She is in high school. And so there's I've got a limited amount of time before she goes off to college. Um, so that part of this movie clicks with me. Same reason with eighth grade as well. Um, I, literally, when I saw eighth grade, my daughter was in the process of transitioning from eighth grade to ninth mm-hmm. grade. So it hit uh, a lot of notes there. Um, this movie is one that I will rewatch over and over and over again. I did see this twice in the theater. And then I watched it a third time with Mike on New Year's Eve. Um, So uh, I did see this film three times this year, and I I already own it and plan on watching it uh, many, many more. Because, one, I love the soundtrack to this movie. Um, And I also am a fan of the director, Brett Haley. He did The Hero the year before, which I think is an underappreciated, quiet little gem um, that I just also clicked with really hard. Uh, So Hearts Beat Loud... um, I would say one of the most upbeat films of 2018 as well. It is just, it exudes positivity and not in some like melodramatic or pretentious way. It's just, you know, sometimes life is hard and sometimes things are challenging, but it's okay. You can still be okay and everything can work out. Um, And it does it without feeling cheesy or contrived. And I love that. So that's my number four. Um, You guys have anything to add? I think you've got it all encompassed i mean what uh, uh, mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you <laughs> uh, and i don't i know this there's a chance this one might show up on Corey's list but i'm not sure to be honest but i know that you also like God, i hated this movie so much i'm oh, kidding man. well yes. that said let's go to Corey's number four okay guys um so i went with annihilation mm. i really enjoyed this movie i saw it in theaters and it creeped me the f out um Mm -hmm. it is such a beautiful film um and then i at home i like a little later on when it came out on whatever i don't know uh digital or whatever home viewing i decided to give it another watch and it was just as good the second time um, I love Natalie Portman in this a lot. Um, and then, oh my gosh, I just blinked out on his name because I was going to talk about him. Oscar I Isaac. Him. Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, I really, really, really like him. Um, I don't really know what else to say about this movie. Well, um, I will say that uh, Annihilation is both on Prime and Hulu right now. So if oh, you subscribe word. to either oh. one... Um, you have that opportunity to check out this movie. It was one that suffered from theatrical release because I believe it was a Paramount film, and uh, Paramount and Regal had a little falling out, and Regal pulled it from like most of their theaters. Um, oh, I oh, see wow. that Regal. Oh, okay. Well, it's obviously not all, but like our local theater did not get it. Um, I had to drive uh, not too far, but like thirty minutes away in order to see it um, on the opening weekend, and that was uh, 
it definitely had limited run. I might be wrong. Maybe it wasn't Regal. Maybe it was just the number of theaters in general that it was released to. Um, and uh, we didn't know it's directed by Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, so good. Uh, worthy to note that it is based on a novel that I, uh, novel, after yeah. seeing it, I did uh, buy the audiobook and listened to. Um, it's different, uh, intentionally, mind you. It's not one of those, he didn't go for a pure adaptation. This is his interpretation of the book. So it is, uh, his own kind of telling of the story. Um, but again, I also, I want to go back to Hearts Be Loud. That's also on Hulu right now. So if you missed either one of these in theaters and you have a Hulu subscription, both are available for you to watch with that subscription. And again, Annihilation's on Prime. Um, and eighth grade is now on Prime, so you've got some options with our list so far, where you can check these movies out. With the exception of the favorite, that's still technically in theaters, but it is limited release, so you might have to drive a little ways if you don't live in a major city. Um, all right, so Corey's number uh, four was Annihilation. Um, Mike, do you want to say anything, uh, or are we go into number three? Uh, I have many regrets ah. when it comes to missing films in the theater because i think visually this one would have just jumped out. i i i'm an alex garland fan i love the beach as many people that's one one of those divisive movies that people really despise that was uh danny boyle's collaboration with alex garland um but anything that he has worked on i have liked there is something he wrote i believe it was called the tesseract it was a novel because he was a novelist then switched over and now he's parlayed that into film and an, oh, I, I'm a huge Natalie Portman fan There, there's all these pluses that should have driven me to the theater to get to watch it and I didn't and uh, it's one of those many regrets uh, not on my top 5 though alright just missed his top 5 and that leads us then to Mike your number 3 so you had just mentioned uh, Tony Collette who I have loved since Muriel's wedding, and she is making her appearance on my list in Hereditary. Oh, I'm so glad it's I on was, someone's list. <laughs> yeah, I was late on the boat. Now, I have seen... Uh, Alright, so listen, I watch all sorts of horror, and this definitely, I will say is horror, because uh, well, I mean, the, 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 the last film that made me feel the way this one was, uh, I would say was House of the Devil by Ty West, way, way back in his... Mm not too different but it's different enough that it's doesn't it's not even a similar approach and just uh, my daughter and i had caught it together she didn't get the beginning part but just we atmosphere and tension and mood and just it this i know there are people that really dislike it yes exactly just like that (laughs) Um, and then they probably just heard some someone in the back going. Oh man! Every once in a while, my daughter, my daughter and I will start doing that to one another, and we're like, ah! And oh, it just it stuck with us, and just the whole it, it was horror, and and the one visceral, brutal scene that I was not expecting. I am not a fan of when movies or films do this. It's one of the things that high tension really lost me on um, when things happen to children. Uh, and uh, I, I really, and there's several films. That's, well, that's the one that comes to my head when I think of that. Um, it just worked all around. I didn't realize Gabriel Byrne was in it, yeah. which would be a selling point for my wife because she's a fan of his. And it just, uh, it, it, I really liked the approach. I really liked how it was done. 
and there's a couple of things in it that on the small screen we had to rewind had it been on the big screen mm -hmm. it would have popped out to us very immediately and we had to i think because it, we were watching it as there as the sun was rising which as at the climax or the end of the movie the sun the sun is coming you know they're going from darkness to light or is it I, I, in any case it, it, it was very it it left me uncomfortable and this mm -hmm. is what i want in horror there's a meme that i just saw recently if you ever feel lonely pop a horror movie in and you'll always feel like there's someone with you and that one for sure fits the meme yeah because um i immediately thereafter watched the autopsy of jane doe and it was okay it was okay i liked it i liked it more than not um but both of those make left me feeling not lonely so there we are um i want to like i this is a movie that dropped out of my top five over the course of the year not because it's not great it's in my top like percentage of the year it's one of the only must see I, I think i have like maybe 30 must see movies out of the 170 that i saw from 2018 and this is one of them um uh, there is an image that i will not say because i don't want to spoil that has been burned into my brain i've only seen this once and yet i am still oh, haunted by mm, a singular mm. image um alex wolf and uh millie shapiro are also the the two kids in the movie uh tremendous jobs from both ari aster the yeah. director um and yeah tony collette it is a shame because she totally deserves an Oscar nomination for Best uh. Actress, but we will likely not see that. One, because it's horror. Two, because of when this movie came out. It was very early in the year by comparison to the Oscars. And uh, three, because sometimes justice is just not given. And man, does she deserve it because she is outstanding in this movie. And that's not to take away from the other people, but Tony Collette just crushes it and Dowd who is um, a character actress. Uh, she's also really good in this. I, I love this movie. I bought it as soon as it came out, but have not been able to bring myself to watch it a second time. I almost watched it last night uh, before, like, prepping for this, just to, like, maybe it deserves to be in the top five, and I was not, in the, I was just not up for it. I was like, no, it's too late. I don't want to, I don't want to go to bed with that on top of my brain, so I, I did not rewatch it yet. I will one day. I will one day, but I, as of now, I've not. It is also, though, currently on amazon prime so if you have a prime subscription you can watch hereditary now if, you, if it skipped you or if you skipped it um it it's was, there to haunt you it was a24 right it is a24. it was yep it was. because i would like everyone to know that amazon prime is pretty good about getting a24 yeah, films they are pretty pretty quickly they have a lot you know available mm -hmm. so yeah, um, they, they, they must have a good relationship, and that's good because some of those that I missed in the theater, well, clearly this one, um, we'll get to there. Well, it's a shame this this year is going to be mid mid. Yeah, a twenty four is kind of small year. I don't think they're going to have any Oscar contenders, uh, and they have in the past. Um, like mid nineties isn't going to get any Oscar talk, and it's a good movie, but it's not. I don't think there's anything Oscar worthy in it. Um, Hereditary does have Oscar worthy performances. Um, but I think given the, the genre element of the film, I don't think it's going to get any recognition. And um, I can't think of too many other A24 films, and I usually get screeners for those. And that's I'm like, I think everything was earlier in the year. I mean, when we look back at, like, we had you know, Lady Bird and they had Moonlight. Um, uh, I think even Ex Machina was A24 back in the day. Um, this year is going to be fairly quiet for them, and that's a shame. It's not to say their movies weren't good. They just aren't getting that type of prestige this year for some reason but 
Um, and I might be missing one or two that I can't think of for some reason, but um, it does seem like it, it was usually the, like this time last year. I think I went to like four or five critic screenings at for A twenty four as the season was approaching, and then this year I've hardly had any except for mid nineties. Um, so mid nineties was the um, Jonah Hill directed debut. Jonah Hill, yeah, yeah. Yep. I liked it quite I a bit. That one. Yeah, uh, it, that, it, one. that one just came out on Blu-ray though, so uh, it probably hit Redbox. That one, I hit my radar just again, one of those that I missed. Yep. All right, that goes to uh, Corey. Unless, did you want to talk Hereditary at all? I think that it did do a really good job. Um, definitely made my skin crawl. Uh, there are quite a few scenes in that movie that, oh. <laughs> almost terrifying yeah. um well and it's not even mentioning the the sessions where the, the group you know where she's kind of going for the mm-hmm. support that was that's just was heartbreaking yeah that was and mm-hmm. um i i will point out it's number 12 on my uh all all year list Ooh. so it's high up there it's not it's not way down or anything like that almost but, uh yeah it, it was close um all right that leads to my number three then and my number three is Corey's number four, Annihilation. Um, I saw Annihilation in the theater uh, on opening night. Uh, my daughter and I went, and um, we were both kind of traumatized in a good way from this movie. Um, I won't say exactly what, but there is a bear sequence that puts the revenants uh-huh. to shame. Oh. Um, it is one of the most haunting things, and I did just rewatch this. I rewatched it on Friday night because um, I wanted to make sure. Th- I will say this movie dropped down one place. Um, it was number two for a long time, and it dropped to third. Um, not because I didn't like it as much the second time, but because of another. the other movie earned its spot. Um, but I really do like this movie. Uh, Tessa Thompson is one of my favorite actresses. She is everything I've seen her in. She is a chameleon. She's outstanding. If you've seen Creed, uh, Tessa Thompson is Creed's girlfriend in the both Creed and Creed 2. Um, and then she's in this movie almost unrecognizable. Like you would be hard pressed. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee um, is an actress who I've become aware of how much I enjoy her in movies. She's just really great almost always. Um, and then yeah, Natalie Portman. Uh, I like to point out when actresses can't cry, like Claire Danes um, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. But when they can, holy crap! Natalie Portman is a master of tears in film like she cries in such a natural and believable way um her emotions are always so good and let's be real she's a badass like there's a few scenes in this movie where she gets to show off like how much of an action star she can be um yeah natalie portman's great um i I, this movie unfortunately i think because of when it came out and also the challenging subject matter i don't think we'll get a lot of uh, award talk but it's one that i do think everyone should check out it's not going to sit with everybody, um, but I I just love it, and I am very intrigued by Alex Garland's work. Um, it's so innovative. It's so different, and uh, it is different from the book, but again, my understanding is he read the book once and then decided to write the screenplay of his kind of take on it, so he wasn't going for like a complete recreation or a uh, true adaptation of the story told in the book, but his kind of memory what what was embedded on him after reading it so i kind of like that um and, it, it's its own thing and, and it works very very well sometimes sometimes you get uh, carbon copies of books and they just 
ring really hollow. Yeah. You know, the director doesn't bring anything to it. Um, the mist worked for me, except for the blasted ending. But, um, yeah, this... And, and it, it works better because there's a, at least some surprises for the viewer. True. Uh, if, they go in, if they go into it having read the novel. Yeah. Um, um, but so, I'm, I'm... <clears throat> Again, um, when you watch it, listener... There is going to be a moment with a bear, and it will probably haunt you for a while, um, but in a good way. Because again, I think that's what you want from this particular film. So that's my number three. It was Corey's number four, and again, it is on both Hulu and Prime right now. So if you haven't seen it, two of us are telling you you need to check it out. And it sounds like Mike's a fan, even though it's not in his top five. So Corey, that leads us to your number three. Okay, here we are again with another. Gonna make your skin crawl. Uh, I had to go with A Quiet Place. Ooh, yeah. This is on someone's list. I love this movie so much. I don't go to movies on opening night because A, I don't like people. B, I don't like sold out theaters. And C, especially for scary movies, I feel like the crowds are usually pretty Crap. bad. Yeah. Yep. Real bad. Um, I couldn't even eat my popcorn in this movie <laughs> because I felt like I was being the, uh, you know, causing a ruckus patron. But I just loved it so much. I love John Krasinski and Emily Blunt together. I love his relationship with both of his children, but especially mm-hmm. with his daughter. Um, I just, uh, I feel like it, you know, uh, it's scary. Um, great story, but it also, I I cried. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, the stakes just are that, real the- in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the cold open, the cold open, that open, just yeah. was not what I and and I mean, I guess I could have seen that coming, but then, and never has a film made you want to sit as quietly as possible as you could because mm-hmm. you know you're into that mode. Yeah, I mean, for real, like this particular film, um, when I was in the theater, because I have the same fear that Corey has of like the crowd at a horror movie being bad, and I've had many good examples of bad crowds at horror movies especially but at a quiet place it was packed but it was quiet people were watching this movie (laughs) they were in it um it was literally as silent as the film itself was at at times um this is number 14 on my list uh, again of all the movies i saw in 2018 um i though had it on my top five for a good chunk of the year i loved this movie so much that when it got, and I've this will be like the fourth or fifth podcast that I mentioned Bird Box, but when the Bird Box dropped, it was getting comparisons to A Quiet Place, and I wanted to yell at everybody because no way is it it's even close. It's not. No, it's um, not the same. Yeah, just because there's you know a creature that you have to there's rules that you have to follow, which is every horror movie, but more importantly because of the kids. Yeah, I get that similarity, but as far as tension building, especially. This movie had me on the edge of my seat so many times. Now, that's not to say this is perfect. There are a few narrative issues, I think, especially with um, either Krasinski or the studio trusting the audience to get everything. Um, Maybe I feel like they spelled it, literally spelled some things out towards the end. But the stakes were were raised, as Mike mentioned uh, discreetly, at the beginning of the film. They immediately tell you how serious this film is. The world in this film is not safe for anybody. And that immediately puts you on guard and you're rightful to do so because this movie is mostly unrelenting and it's, it's paced so well. 
and it should definitely needs to be noted that this is John Krasinski's uh, not de- debut, but this is I think his third film um, that he's directed, and he's directed you know some TV. He did a few episodes of The Office and stuff, but. Uh, this has gotten him a lot of recognition that Paul Thomas Anderson has uh, done a screening for Academy voters to try to get a Quiet Place Oscar nomination. Oh, wow. Um, oh. And with Paul Thomas Anderson wow. backing him, that's wow. a huge deal um, because PTA is a prestige director mm-hmm. in every sense of the word. And so um, I am hoping that we might get to see a horror film get some nominations, possibly a script. And maybe um, Best Picture nod, because they do up to 10 pictures now for Best Picture. So it'll be interesting to see if A Quiet Place sneaks into the uh, the running, thanks to possibly thanks to PTA's uh, influence. So, um, Yeah, I, I did love this movie. It's one that I bought immediately. I actually went, uh, we, we pick on Corey all the time for Steelbooks, but I drove all the way to the nearest Best Buy, which is like 40 minutes away, to buy the Quiet Place Steelbook because it looked awesome. <laughs> So, um, and I have like three. You have three copies three of, of a quiet movie? place. No, That's... I wish. Oh. No, I'm kidding. So Mike and I went I for the same joke. <laughs> Goodbye. I'll just email or you know send you my top two. All right. Um, we'll talk She's, to you later. No, she says she only has three. <laughs> yeah, like supporting all the other ones. Um, oh, what heck. we don't what we don't hear is uh, when she packs up after we're done is clunk clunk her armor of steelbook discs. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, it's if if you haven't been listening to the podcast, this is an old inside joke that we just brought back. But um, from yeah. ten years ago, a, a quiet place. I didn't know you ten years. Ago. <laughs> you yeah, know me ten years. You don't want to wear you, the armor. You don't want to wear in a quiet place. Yeah, no. Yeah. You definitely can't eat your popcorn then. That should be like <laughs> no. a short a short film like inspired of this is like someone trying to open the quiet place disc yes. from the steelbook and it just like getting attacked. Like, <laughs> my, my breath, my breath is a little skunky. I need some. Go- oh, and I'm dead. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we, we've done our top three so far or well, we've done five, two, four and three. We are to Mike uh, for his number two. What is your number two movie of 2018, Mike? My original iteration of this list, because again, remember, I did not limit myself to 2018, was almost completely documentaries. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, it was almost. It almost felt like it was the year of documentaries. Uh, it's been a big since. Year. What's that? It's been a really big year for docs this year. It was, and it was. It, it was a sad thing to go away from that. So I am definitely including this one because it was one I know my wife stepped away from because she wasn't sure how she would deal with it um and i should have known better because well uh, won't you be my neighbor was uh, i missed it we had it at the folk theater didn't we we did they had yes. to they had to push it back i think something happened at the folk theater and missed it even with the revised dates and it's probably good because honestly I grew up watching Mr. Rogers and I know there are people very few people there's a minority of, of, of people that are not a fan that um, will say that Fred Rogers is the one that may have started us on uh, everyone is the special thing and, and uh, but honestly the way this is a person that wanted to make a change in television and felt that the that children were being insulted and pandered to and basically marketed to and, and, and he's not wrong no. I mean that's 
some of my more favorite shows. I mean, G.I. Joe, Transformers, those are all marketing devices to get us to buy more toys and comics, and they worked. And while I have a warm, don't get me wrong, I, I have nostalgia for that, Fred Rogers is what I grew up with, and any opportunity I could, I could um, both of my kids, we would try to have that on them, because PBS, obviously, he didn't have any more new shows after a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and the world was a better place for Fred Rogers being in it and doing what he did and tackling and just there were so many moments of joy and then just just touching moments that you can't help but not be a you'd have to be a, a, a some sort of synthetic human not <laughs> human to not be affected by some of the things especially when he's reunited with one of his guests from oh, many man. time ago and just god and you see this sheer joy. There's no hiding it. There's that is not acting in him. It is true. And and and, and I, I am no Fred Rogers by any means. But I do definitely in my class in my home that is their safe area. This is a place where they're not going to hear me yelling at them or demeaning them or condescending to them or do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they. The students may already get that and have become immune to it. And I am not saying I am my kids and students' best friend. That's not my point. That's not my goal. But there's a lot to be said for someone that that offers them a modicum of respect that, you know, that, that treats them like the young adult that they are, that will listen to them and if we disagree that's okay i'm not going to dislike you despise you we this is where we're here this is our real and it again i'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing i just speaking just from my own classroom because we all do it so differently it's it's a lot to me and you know Mm -hmm. these kids is the craziest part i mean we have i don't know if you all are familiar i know you might be with remind the communication stuff and You'd be surprised just how much little things over a break, as in, hope you all are having a good break, whether you celebrate this or not, and then same thing for New Year, and they'll come back and say, and tell you, you know, that no one else does that. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that to talk well about this. I'm like, I just no, figure yeah. everybody everybody does that. And I just was like, oh, okay, well, I, I do that. You know, it's just... Yeah little things and that's what i'm saying and and just all that there was a lot of talk about a roller coaster oh my gosh it's, it's a slow moving one but you definitely go all over the place in won't you be my neighbor and yeah it just uh, it was tough not including as my number one you'll see why i chose my number one but well, yeah, definitely a must watch and i can't remember what it's on i think i rented this one yeah, I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. Although I would be surprised if it doesn't end up on Netflix or Hulu at some point. Um, it is currently not free on either one of those, at least. I think you can obviously – you definitely can rent it digitally on any platform um, that offers that. Um, it's directed by Morgan Neville. It's, it, uh, it's not – I saw this three times in theaters. Um, I saw it at South by Southwest first. Um, it was the first time, I think, in a movie that when it ended um, – I was asking myself what that noise was. I realized it was my own crying, and I got very self-conscious for a moment. But then I heard other noises, 
and it was everybody in the theater. Um, there was not a dry eye in the house at South by Southwest. I then um, took my daughter to Orlando, uh, the Enzian, the pri- the uh, art house theater, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to see it there. Uh, she cried, and I cried again. <laughs> um, and then uh, when it came to the Polk Theater, I took my wife and my daughter for her second time. Um, and then we took her friend um, Autumn. Now, Autumn was the only person who had seen it who had not cried uh, during it. But oh. my, my wife cried so much that she got a migraine and then was sick mm-hmm. the rest of the evening. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not – there's so many reasons why you cry. It is a beacon of optimism. Fred Rogers has become my hero. Um, he was probably my hero as a child, but without question now. And I have gone full, like – capitalist fandom where i have all of his pop vinyls including the keychain um i have even like there's a plushy pop vinyl i own that um my current favorite coffee mug is one my wife and daughter got me for christmas that uh he he come it's him wearing his like suit you know sports coat kind of thing but when you pour Mm -hmm. coffee in it it turns into a cardigan which was the tradition of the Mm -hmm. opening of the show i wish Mm that he doesn't have his feet because i'm sure his shoes would change as well um but yeah the movie does so many things um it's so great it is it is aggrandizing it makes him the hero like it's not in any way um i mean it does point out what some of the criticisms are about him mike mentioned one like uh essentially the snowflake mindset that fox news likes to propagate they blame rogers um it's ridiculous it's absolutely silly but uh the movie does address that but it also quickly downplays it um so it is without question a one-sided point of view of how great this man was and I ate it up every second of it. It is not in my top five. Um, it is in my top ten, though. So I will mention it again when we get to honorable mentions. But um, it was hard not including it in my top five. Uh, it, you know, I'm also there is a version of there are many posters from this movie, and one of them, the words "absolutely fantastic" are at the top. Those were my words um, that I, I tweeted <laughs> after seeing it at South by Southwest. I was so blown away. Um, I cried a lot in the theater this year, but I don't think any movie made me cry uh, as much as you, Won't You Be My Neighbor. And it was all predominantly tears of joy and then absolute sadness in the realization that he's gone. And he's yeah. we need him, I think, more right now than now, ever before. Yep, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, and we didn't even mention this testimony in front of uh, uh, oh my God, Congress. That oh, scene. man, just oh. so... I remember going, put, putting that and quoting that and just... The way yeah. he wins that guy over is just proof of how powerful yes. he is. From losing their budget to getting to more. Getting yeah. And, and, and the way he said it, because that guy was even like, when he's like, would you like to read it? You know, he was like so snarky at the beginning was, of it. And then and, at the end... Talk about a turnaround. Yeah, because even how he says it, he's like, well... I think you've just gotten them your budget. Like the way he says it sounds like he's going to shut him down. And instead it's like, you blew me away. Like it's, it's the same mm-hmm. feeling that I have mm-hmm. when I hear that speech. Cause my God, the man is a, he's a genius um, with a heart mm-hmm. of gold and you yep. know, I'm sure he wasn't perfect, but God dang it. Did he try? Oh, to, to, there's not a single person that worked with him. There's how do you, you know, someone that you don't, don't that seems to always be on. Yeah, and that's the that's the part. And I w- I know I don't have it in here. It's in my it's in my wife's room because she's an owl person. We do have the owl puppet in, oh, in wow. our home. We don't have the pop vinyls, but actually that was a gift. I I found that from the Pittsburgh, uh, what you call it. So it's yeah yeah. I had that's to, awesome, I had to man. buy that. Yeah. 
Um, Corey, not Kink Friday, not any others, but the owl. Yeah. The owl is the one that, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I love that movie. Uh, highly recommend if you didn't see it that you just buy it. Don't even rent it. Just pay for it. It's worth it. Um, Corey, I, I don't know if this is on your list or not, but did you want to add anything? It is not on my list, but I love this so much. I cried the whole time, like yeah. three minutes in, and it was on. Um, mm. Yeah. I'm with uh, you. I just think that he was such a champion of mm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so far ahead of his time, and so many things that could have been suicide if he had been you know or like professional suicide if he and i'm sure that him being on pbs and doing things that way probably helped but i just and i haven't watched them and i don't remember them but when he came back after 9-11 and made Uh, the psas like (sighs) and every time that something bad happens there's a quote that he said about the helpers that just kind of puts me at ease even though you know i don't know and i have a couple of his books i just think that he is a hero i need to buy books i didn't even think about that um Mm -hmm. i must read them all but um yeah i really want um there's one where his viewers wrote in and i don't have this one but i really want it um it's i think it's called mr rogers does it ever rain in your neighborhood oh wow wow yeah yeah i gotta get those um all right, well, that's Mike's number two, and a great one it is. Um, I'll be going into mine. And um, my number two uh, was Mike's number five, I believe, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> um, I went and saw it again today, in fact. My daughter and I both wanted to see it a second time on the big screen. Um, I think I cried more the second viewing than I did the first time around. Um, I, I, I love everything about this movie now i have been a spider-man fan forever um i grew up with two superheroes that i absolutely loved it was batman and spider-man um and i've always been back and forth batman's always edged out and still does however uh and i i've been on the fence about this but i feel comfortable finally saying it without any hesitation spider-man into the spider-verse is the best big screen adaptation of the character and again, it's not the traditional character because it is focusing on Miles Morales, not Peter Parker. Although I do love uh, both versions of Peter Parker that we get in this movie, Peter Parker and Peter B. Parker. Um, the voice cast in this movie is ridiculous. Um, Shameik Moore plays Miles Morales, but you get Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, Haley Seinfeld as Gwen Stacy, Mahershala Ali as the Prowler, um, and uh, Uncle Aaron, I guess that's the spoiler. Brian Tyree Henry plays Jefferson Davis. If you're not familiar with Brian Tyree Henry, I first saw him as Paperboy on the TV series Atlanta that is written and directed by Childish Gambino um, and or uh, Donald Glover. But he is on a freaking upswing this year. He's been in so many movies, and he has been killing it in every single one of them. Um, I don't know if you guys knew Aunt May was Lily Tomlin, who I am a big Mm -hmm. fan of anyways. Uh, John Mulaney is uh, Spider-Ham. Nicolas Cage um, is Spider-Man Noir. Um, Zoe Kravitz is Mary Jane uh, for the, the little bit that she's in there. Kamiko Glenn is Penny Parker. Uh, Catherine Hahn um, has a really cool role. I don't want to say what it is. Liv Schreiber um, is uh, Kingpin. Chris no. Pine is the initial Peter Parker, which he does a, such a cool job as. Um, it's, a, it's a Marvel movie, so you can expect certain things from it. 
Um, I won't say exactly what, but there's something that I think fans of the Marvel f- films in general will be so pleased with, especially given the time of year that it has come out. Um, and you know what? This movie has one of the best soundtracks of the year. I have become a fan of po- not Post Malone entirely, but two Post Malone songs, one in this movie, mm. one not, because of this movie, though. And more importantly, and Mike and I are both big listeners of Hollywood Babylon, and we have heard <laughs> Jaden Smith be bashed for a long time, <sighs> and rightfully so. But the song he did for this movie is great, and I don't know how that's possible. But the whole soundtrack is killer, and it's used so well. The art style in this movie is amazing. Um, it's written by Lord Miller, uh, who you, you know did the Lego movie, did 21 and 22 Jump Street. So there's humor, there's heart. It's, it's terrific. Um, it's easily in my top 50 of all-time movies. I, I am so enamored with this film in every freaking way um it's the spider-man story that you know and yet it's a spider-man story that you don't i love uh the comic book elements that are embedded in this film because uh, it truly does feel like a comic book come to life more so than any other comic book movie and that's not an insult i i love i love the choices they made uh with the comic books with the character and miles is a really awesome protagonist um he's relatable uh, I think both to high school kids, but also to adults, because we've all been high school kids. You know, we we get what it's like going through things. Um, I mean, the humor at heart. I, I the second viewing was as good as the first. If anything, it made me oh, love wow. this movie more. Um, and it did last minute push this above Annihilation. Annihilation was number two until I saw Spider Verse for the second time, and I was without without hesitating willing to put this at number two. Um, this is a movie I, I see watching every year to come. Um, it's definitely going to be added to my collection. Um, and I, you know, it's been a while since an animated movie hit me like this. Um, maybe Toy Story 3 to have really been oh, wow. like, totally hit by a movie so hard. Um, an animated movie so hard. And that's not, to, I don't mean to diss animation. I, I, for a long time, animated movies felt like they were designed for kids. And so I avoided them. I no longer have that point of view, but still, um, this one's just really clicked with me and yeah if you skipped it and you went and saw aquaman instead shame on you for letting aquaman be number one in the box office when this movie is out because this is i think the best non prestige type movie out right now in theaters and everyone should spend their money to go and see it so um, that's my number two uh maybe over emphatic pick <laughs> for my best of 2018 um I, I mean, I could see him putting it in the number two position. I just felt more emotionally affected. I mean, both of them are affecting in different ways mm-hmm. by my number two, by my by Fred Rogers documentary. Oh, so for sure. Um, um, but no, I mean, nothing against it because I did love that. There's a reason it's my top five. Oh yeah, no, in my top five. So. I hope my emphasis is not. Uh, in no way am I insulting where you place it. I'm I'm happy to see mm, that no, in no. your top five. So um, yeah. Uh, I, I just think it's so great. Um, Corey, do you have anything well, to add? And, and, oh, sorry, I mean, my head didn't mean to cut you off. And, and, well, and, and and for one that I really, really, really was hesitant to go see, it was... Yeah. I got, I got it right. Um, Marvel still wins. Uh, I have yet to see Aquaman. I probably well, won't until it releases. And it should be noted, um, though, uh, that this is a Sony movie, and unlike um, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I also love, Homecoming was ran by Marvel, 
this is a Sony movie. Um, this is a Sony picture, and that says a lot because Sony movies have not been great. Um, Venom's mm-hmm. fun, but not great. Um, this is great and fun and heartfelt, and we get to see Gwen Stacy on the big screen as Spider-Gwen, and that's freaking awesome because her costume is fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. But, yeah. Um, uh, Corey, anything to add before we come to your number two? No. All right. Well, then, Corey, what is your number two? I don't remember what number it was on your list, but I love, 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 love. Went to the flicks to see it because it wasn't at my favorite theater. Hearts be loud. Nice. I also have a big place in my heart for Nick Offerman. I just love him and I think that he's great. Um, I love seeing him as the dad in this. Um, and I love his relationship with his daughter. Uh, and that he wants to be in a band with his daughter. I think that that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Even though she shuts that down. And I <laughs> can't remember the actress that plays his mother in this. But uh, I really, Danner. Thank you. Yes. I really like her too. And we've already talked about Ted Danson in this movie and how great he is. I just love everything about this movie. I love the soundtrack. I'm sad that it's so short, though. I can't bring myself to buy it on vinyl because mm. it has like six songs. Um, but yeah, I you know I watched what? it in the theaters and watched it at home. Yes. Um, I've been staring at this poster since like I, th- I saw this in April, so I've had this in my like top list for a while. And I've always enjoyed the background of the poster. Like, it's just this kind of striped color wall. And it never occurred to me that it was vinyls until uh, we were recording this podcast. And it's <laughs> the whole background is just, like, vinyls stacked together. And I was like, oh, my God, how did I not pick up on that? But, yeah, uh, I love it even more now because I realized that. So That's uh, my regal clown crook. Clown, clown, oh yeah, it was card. mine yeah. for a while too. Uh, although right well, now it's the favorite. There goes that. There goes that sponsor, Regal Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, sure. that's my favorite theater in Boise. My Edward Twenty Two. Oh, good thing. I do. I wish Regal would uh, would sponsor us because I totally also love. Uh, Regal has the best reward system. So as a movie, like a frequent moviegoer, it pays off so much faster and than anything else. I don't know if you guys have implemented this. They took away our line cues, and that makes me mad and makes me so mad that it's a different word that I can't really say on the podcast. But um, I hate that. But they implemented assigned seating in all of my screening rooms, every Mm. single one of them. It used to just be our IMAX. So it's awesome that if Bill and I want to go to a movie or if I want to go to a movie, I can guarantee that I'm going to get a great spot. Yeah, they haven't done that for ours yet, and I really hope they do, because I would like... Uh, I do like the that um, preferred seating idea that I can get my tickets and know that I have a good seat versus, like, hoping. Because, like, I went into Spider-Verse today we much later than I normally get to a movie. Like, we were walking in a minute before the trailer starts. We're usually on there, like, at least five. Um, not because I want to see the trailers, but because I want to get good seats, because they're not guaranteed. And uh, it was in one of the smaller theaters, because it's been out for a while. And, yeah, it was... Uh, we we it was still good seats, but not as comfortable with other people around. I guess because I I had to like share a row with people, and I preferred not doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, hearts beat loud. Just I'm so glad it's on your number two. It's a movie that I've um I advocate a lot of movies through the course of the year, but this one a few of my uh my friends that 
I feel like don't always listen to me because they know me so much that they kind of just like, yeah, 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 you talk about movies all the time. But a few people took my word on it and have been pleasantly surprised, I think, every uh, instant so far. And that makes me ecstatic because I really love so much about this film. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I kind of want to watch it right now because it's just I just think it's so great. I also I cry a few times in this movie. Uh, there's a the love story in this film, I think, is just uh, tremendous. Um, I really, really love the, the love song, too, that is written. And it just, man, it makes me tear up every time. So, uh, Corey's number two, Hearts Beat Loud. It was my number four. Um, Mike, we are to your number one, buddy. What do we got? Well, I guess I can finally talk about Hearts Beat Loud. <laughs> oh, my God. My <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so happy right um, now. <laughs> I've, been, I've been quiet for a reason, and I, 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 you've been probably wondering, well, what two did we watch together since you knew right off the bat the Spider-Man Into the yeah. Spider-Verse? I, was try- I couldn't think we saw anything else in the theater together. I was like, I don't remember um, this year. Very little. Very little. I, I, I've been a homebody and just been trying to be frugal and whatnot and um uh, you know and what the funny part of it as i remember your wife getting home from work and we're watching this and you were being the gracious host because i i I made a point to ask about it because i hadn't been able to watch it and i got the viewing in right before the new year was you know so Mm -hmm. i could at least say i watched it in 2018 and um i would i definitely want to watch this again in fact I think this was the impetus for we made our daughter, our oldest, uh, watch Sing Street with us. And she oh. did that under grumbling and complaining and sure enough did not stir once it got going and you saw what was going on and everything. So definitely I, I wanted to watch this. And you, um, obviously, you, you and your daughter and my, mine, I've got our time is ticking too because now she's mm-hmm. got a year and a half left. Oh, and I know. And I mean, I had a hard enough time last year with seniors. I very, I only knew in passing, and to watch them walk, and I'm standing there t- taking pictures, and I can't help but get, you know, I am typically not an emotional person. I don't like that part of it, but some of them, and especially as they finish walking and come out and just give you this big hug or handshake or anything, it just, it was not easy to keep it together. And the, this next batch that I graduate this year will be my first seniors I've had for a long while. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was very relatable. Having your own child is relatable. Mm-hmm. Having wanting to play music with said child, yeah. totally. So many of the, so many of these things, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, um, just really, really dove into this. I, I kind of want to make this a triple feature and throw Rudderless in there, too. Ooh. Um, oh, because um, I wanted to watch that right after Sing Street, but I didn't have any other takers. And I thought, <laughs> alright, well, I'll save that for another time, because it's just... I, I at least got them to watch the trailer, and that that's a tough trailer to watch. So, Actually, Rudderless um, and Hearts Be Loud together is a really good double feature, because yeah, they both have yeah. like a role model aspect to it because you have the older guy in the younger band um but yeah uh you know it's fun because um you watch this in front of me and i never knew how you felt about it like i was watching i'd look over and i was like i don't know if he's clicking with this like i clicked with this and now i hearing it be your number one i'm like oh good he did (laughs) so yeah well i think i do like uh that's funny because i know you'll sit and you'll watch how your daughter does and i think i do like taylor 
reacts and I, I don't have a reaction I'm processing I'm mm-hmm. chewing it up I'm digesting it and I'm taking it in and then then I want to share it and then I want to you know what I mean it, it, it definitely hit obviously it's my number one for a reason yeah yeah I wear my my uh, thoughts on my sleeve as they as the expression kind of goes um, or at least my paraphrase of it and uh, a lot of times I'm too forthright with my thoughts and people can tell kind of where I'm at which isn't always good like if you're if someone's speaking and you are clearly not happy about it but um <laughs> uh yeah I I absolutely um adore that movie and I just I just want everyone to watch it like people out there in listenership if you skipped hearts beat loud please take our word for it three of us this is the only movie all three of us have in our top five. Um, There's for a reason. And There's a reason. Yeah, it, it's it's just uh, it's just it's pure joy. It really is. Like, and that's not to say there's no conflict or anything, but it's not melodramatic at all. And I think that's super speaks volumes about how great this movie is because there are two plot points in this movie that could easily be used for melodrama. And I'm not saying they don't cause any drama, but they're handled so tactfully. Um, and just so grounded in reality that it, it never gets to that level. And I, I think that impresses me all the more um, with the filmmakers' choices. So um, We've all spoke about Hearts Beat Loud, so let's go to my number one. And I want to really uh, hype up my number one for a minute. Um, I saw this movie at uh, South by Southwest. Um, it it was world premiere at, South, at Sundance, I believe. And um, I'd heard a little bit about it. I didn't know much what I was getting into. Um, but I, I went and saw it and it has been my number one movie since I saw it at South by Southwest. I've known this was my number one. Um, I, I took my daughter to see it when it came to Lakeland in the summer and it's her number one movie of the year as well. Um, it is, uh, or at least I think that's what she said last I spoke to her about it, but I also purchased it, um, the second it came out on Blu-ray and I am going to be teaching it in the next, uh, two weeks. Um, in my, my film two class, uh, the movie's blind spotting, um, directed by oh. Carlos Lopez Estrada written, uh, and starring David Diggs and Raphael Casal. Uh, David Diggs is famous mostly for his role in Hamilton. Uh, when he was with Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the original cast, um, they, uh, I think that's a big reason why he was able to get this movie made. He does have, uh, he's done a few commercials and he's done some other stuff, but, um, this movie, is everything to me uh literally it hits all of my personal like preferences it's funny it starts off very much as a buddy comedy something that i am um if you look back through like my comedy preferences uh duos and comedies tend to work expertly for me i like i love tommy boy and uh stepbrothers um even talladega nights which i i think of as a buddy comedy but um it starts as a buddy comedy but there is a serious dramatic element to this film it deals with some very tough and gritty issues it uh infuses rap into the film in very innovative ways not to mention the two soundtracks that came out of this film there is the character based eps so both colin and miles have their own ep um they are both excellent rappers they they are i mean i have listened to their uh the colin ep so many times um i do think it is superior to miles sorry miles but uh, Rafael Casal, who was an actor I knew very little about, um, has blown me away in this film. It deals with um, gentrification. It deals with uh, the idea of perception and how our actions and our the way we present ourselves make people judge us. Um, and that includes skin color. 
and I, I mean, the movie is, it's just brilliant. Um, there's nothing about it that I don't love. And, um, it is in my top 50 all time as well. I don't know exactly where, but it is a film that I, I was so blown away by, um, that everyone who's listened to me and taken it, uh, it was, it's in Matt's top 10, Matt from what I watched tonight, who's a friend of the podcast and I do several podcasts with at this point. Um, he loves this movie as well. Uh, and he had to go out of his way to see it because I don't think it debuted in the, in the UK really. So, um, I want to point out, Corey, you have not seen blind spotting, correct? I haven't, and I know you love it, and I've yeah. known you loved it since you first saw it, and I just Cause I don't know what's your boy Ethan Embry it. is in it. I don't know if you know that or not. But, um, <laughs> okay, bye guys. <laughs> uh, it also, but uh, we get Wayne Knight has a small part in it that's really funny. Uh, Tisha Campbell Martin from you might remember her from uh, Martin. She was Gina on Martin. She's got this really great scene in this film that I absolutely love. And Miles, who is Raphael Casal, gets to shine in his uh, spoken word poetry. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, this this movie just works. It's so great. Um, I do want to stress just a little bit of the plot. Col- uh, the film takes place primarily over three days. Colin is almost off probation. He has three days left. Colin is David Diggs. And he's just trying to not get in trouble. And at the beginning of the film, he witnesses a police officer shoot an unarmed black man. Mm. And he is driven with a, a moral dilemma of what to do. Um, does he get involved and potentially risk, you know, getting himself in trouble? Um, and, and it really gets him like introspectively thinking about everything. And this just kind of compiles and, and grows and it, it deals with so many real issues that we're dealing with right now. And yet it does so in a way that I feel is super accessible and entertaining, but not in any way to undercut the message that it's delivering. And I, I, I just can't stress enough how great this film is. Even just looking at the picture uh, gets like gives me goosebumps. I love blind spotting in every way, and I want everyone to see it. And um, I will do my part. Again, I am starting to teach it. It is a. It's one of the most difficult movies I've I've attempted to teach because the language is not super friendly for a high school classroom. However, I do have permission slips. If anyone's listening and wondering, um, that that allows me to do that. But it's still. Uh, the subject matter is tough, but it's something that I think we need to address in a in a environment where it's safe to have conversations. Um, where I'm also trying to, you know, uh, push diversity. Uh, uh, one of the hardest parts about teaching film is it is predominantly uh, ruled by white male, and my classes don't reflect that. I have a, a diverse classroom, and I want them to see all of themselves on the screen not just you know reflections of their teacher uh so this movie is a great opportunity to kind of bring that to the forefront um in fact we're watching uh that searching which is a a movie that didn't make my top uh 10 but is a great film from 2018 um and we're also gonna be watching uh a moonlight from two years ago um most of it We're, we're skipping a couple of parts that we have to but uh but again, in an effort to kind of diversify the films that we are watching, um, we, I did end up adding Leave No Trace uh, to that group of, of uh, movies, um, which, while it is white protagonist, it does have a lead female and a young lead female uh, in the true protagonist role, and it's such a good movie I couldn't leave it off. So um, my students are getting kind of a crash course of recent films uh, in the next couple of weeks in my Film 2 class, but... Um, that's my number one. Sorry to go on such a soapbox, but I am just, I have 
it, this movie hit me so perfectly. Uh, and when, when I was when I did see it, both David Diggs, Rafael Casal, and the director were all in attendance and did a Q and A afterwards, oh, wow. which was also really cool um, because I was so. I went in with hope that it was going to be great. I had no idea it was going to hit me quite so hard. I mean, there are those movies where it just clicks with you, and this one's like that for me. It just clicks with me. Like, everything about it works for me. Um, and uh, it's easily one of my favorite movies all time. And I know you guys have nothing to add to that because neither of you have seen no, it yet. No, neither. We haven't. And actually, just so you know, I finally got Letterbox going as you've been... Ah, As nice. we've been talking, I've got both my most recent lists put up there like I was supposed to have been doing in the past. <laughs> and, no worries. Uh, I've been adding ratings. And hey, awesome. Now, now, I'm, now I'm sad at the few followers I have. Hey, um, so... I'll, get, I'll get you them. I'll point out all my students to follow you on Letterboxd. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, definitely, I'd say, you guys, if you get a chance to rent this one or uh, watch it through some other... I don't, it's not on a streaming service yet. You can rent it on, like, iTunes or Amazon, but I don't know why uh, it's not been picked up. And it also saddens me because I know it's not going to get any Oscar love, and it totally deserves some. Um, I, I think David Diggs deserves the best performance, in my opinion. Um, and it, I think it deserves best picture, but, you know, obviously I don't get a vote yet. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, let's go to Corey's number one though, and we'll we'll wrap up this uh, this episode. Corey, what is your number one movie of 2018? My favorite movie, without a doubt, hands down, loved it as soon as it started. Is Juliet Naked? Oh wow! I love it so much. Um, I love the cast a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Ethan Hawke, and I'm currently uh, reading one of his books and he kind of blows me away with how talented and i don't know how multi he i don't know he writes he just does all these different things and there's a pretty cool um episode of amoeba records does what's in my bag where they like follow different actors or musicians around their shop and at the end they showed them what they bought and he what he shows that he bought kind of caught me off guard um but not in a bad way. I was just surprised. But I love that Duncan idolizes rock musician Tucker Crow. Mm-hmm. Like he's obsessed. Yeah. It's a little almost, creepy and unnatural. It's almost like an <laughs> understatement of like how obsessed he is. Uh, just yeah. context, um, 169 movies, 107 movies I saw this year. Uh, Juliet Naked is 59 for me, um, which is probably not perfect because i after the top 25 i kind of they're kind of more like generally placed they're like they're not necessarily in the right order but it's it's in the top 60 movies that i saw this year which still speaks volumes and that is highly rated i also really adored this film um more so as much as i like ethan hawk is rose byrne has become one of my favorite actresses and mm-hmm. i i love her in this movie so much but sorry Corey, you're still talking i didn't mean God, to cut you're you the worst i'm just I kidding know. Um, I love the relationship that Tucker and Annie build and how that whole relationship even starts and that we learn that Tucker is flawed so he's just a regular, you know, human being. I just love this movie so much. But I also love the soundtrack. It is one of my favorite albums of last year. Mm, yes, it is. It's on which you can read her uh, best albums of last year on BurkeReviews.com. Yeah, it is. Um, 
I love it so much, and everybody knows I love Ryan Adams, but he, Connor Oberst, uh, both, like, put, put out demos for this, and Ethan Hawke covered them for the movie, as hmm. um, he does them as Tucker Crow, but he also covers, um, oh, why am I blanking out on the band, but he covers Waterloo Sunset, and that is, it's a cover, but it's probably one of my favorite songs of last year. Hmm. So, love the movie, love the soundtrack. Love it all. Uh, the movie does star Rose Byrne, Ethan Hawke, and Chris O'Dowd, which, Mike, that's a good reason for you to check it out. It is based yeah. on a Nick Hornby novel, um, who he did High Fidelity, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's the reason we have top five movies as a podcast, because uh, since I saw High Fidelity, I like to do top five list, um, like that movie. And uh, so, yeah, this movie clicked with me, too. Um, I did give it uh, the not-quite-golden rating. Um, I don't remember why but it's one that i can't wait to buy uh i i really really enjoyed it um ethan hawk had a really big year this year um by the way and i think it's worth noting um he uh he's in first reformed which mike you definitely need to check out first reformed um he was in uh he has a movie called blaze that i didn't get to see but i really really want to see um and then uh i saw at tribeca this film called stockholm um, like Stockholm, Sweden, because it's about a bank robbery in Sweden, and uh, and also the syndrome that it's named after because of the uh, the situation that arises. He is so good in that movie, and it also uh, co-stars Numi Rapace, who is excellent in that movie as well, and Mark Strong, who I like Mark Strong in most cases. Um, I really like Stockholm. It was probably my favorite film. Well, it wasn't my favorite film at Tribeca because a, a few of them were a little higher up, but I really, really like Stockholm, and to me, this has been a defining year for Ethan Hawke's career, and that's saying something, because that guy's had a career. Like, he's got tons of movies, but Juliet Naked, um, if you like rom-coms, and um, if you like Rose Byrne, Chris O'Dowd, or Ethan Hawke, it's a movie for you 100%. Definitely worth checking out. And then last I saw, it's not streaming anywhere, but you can get it, like, on iTunes, Amazon, but um, Amazon had it on sale, Blu-ray Digital, for 13 bucks the other day, so if you're, uh, if you trust us enough or if you trust Corey enough maybe just blind buy that one um it's interesting um i just by accident again thanks to tubi who is not a sponsor but i've been using them like crazy um he directed something called chelsea walls i just could mm. not get into it i think i was not in the mood for it um it's a chelsea hotel like a bohemian i think a, a, a we're a bunch of artists and musicians and everybody congregate in that hotel and i just I, although when he works I don't know. It just didn't hit me the right tones, but I'm sitting here trying to tap and click and add all these different suggestions. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'll give him a chance. I'll give Chelsea Walls a chance again sometime. I haven't in seen case that you one. Hadn't heard that one. Uh, I do recommend First Reform though, um, which is written yeah. I remember by the, the same trailer guy. for that. Oof. Yeah, it's, I remember that. I'm gonna forget his name, but it's directed by the, and written by the guy who did ta- who wrote Taxi Driver. Why can't I think of his name right now? But um, it, it's uh, it's really really good. it's. I don't love it as much as some people, but it's his performance Paul is amazing. Schrader. Paul, Schrader, Schrader. Paul Schrader, that's it. Um, and uh, the, it it the ending didn't click with me uh, as it did for some others. Um, I've been meaning to rewatch it though since I saw it, and I do. First Reformed is on Amazon Prime. Um, so there you go. If you oh, want to check that one go. out, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch it. All right, folks, that is our top five, the best of 2018. But before we go, we're gonna do some honorable mentions, which in this case is essentially going to be numbers uh, 6 through 10 um, for each of us. But we're going to go uh, one at a time. So, Mike, 
Go ahead and go through your uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I have Annihilation, A Quiet Place, Bohemian Rhapsody, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I like that movie a lot. Yes. uh, I didn't realize we had that in our Amazon purchase basket until they fired it. I'm like, what? what, Do we rent this? No, we own this. And I'm like, okay, apparently the rest of my family was on the boat with Crazy Rich Asians, and I was not. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody is one of those few films we watched on opening night. Oh, wow. And that was one that my daughter and I, we both were on the same page, wanted to see Halloween. But one of her friends that is one of my current students, she mentioned it and we were like, uh, yeah, why would it was like a no brainer? And we all went. Um, sadly, the theater was empty. But um, anyway, it got it got the recognition at the Golden Globes last week. So there we are. And lastly, I'm going very mainstream with Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved Infinity War, um, although not my favorite, obviously not my favorite comic book movie, but also not my favorite Marvel movie. I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp the most. Uh, um, that movie just clicks with my personality. Um, I, I did like it. I finally got around to it, um, but I've watched Infinity War way too many times now, so yeah. Um, yeah. All right, um, then that goes to me. Um, I'm going to go from 10 to 6. Uh, my number 10 is 8th grade, um, which I, again, just adore. My number 9 is Leave No Trace, um, I thought was phenomenal. Um, I want to real quick, uh, Ben Foster and uh, Thomason McKenzie are the leads, and it is directed by Deborah Granick, who did Winterbone. Um, this is her first feature film since Winterbone. I think she did a documentary between um, that I don't know much about, but uh, this movie... I had been hearing about, hearing about, hearing about, and I hadn't, I hadn't got to it. And we did it for movie club over uh, Christmas break, and it, it jumped up onto my list. At one point, I was debating putting it in my top five. It ended up being number nine. Uh, number eight is Spike Lee's Return to Form with Black Klansman. Um, mm. I love this movie. Um, it's it's traumatizing in ways. It's funny at times, but it's not a comedy. But it's just, it's like there's some things that happen that are just so absurd, it's hard not to laugh. Uh, great performance by Denzel Washington's son. Um, and it's not his debut, but it, I think this is his first leading role. Um, and John David Washington and then Adam Driver also just stupendous. And I got to give props. Topher Grace uh, is really good in this movie in a, in a horrible way, but really good. Even if you want to punch him. Even if, you, uh, well, you do. Uh, and that's why he's so good. Uh, Won't oh, you be my neighbor? Um, uh, that's why you need to watch. Um... Uh, get shorty because he's uh, in that too oh. oh well won't you be my neighbors number seven and then the biggest surprise to me all year long out of all the movies that i saw the one that i had written off and almost didn't watch um is called the rider r-i-d-e-r not writer rider i'm trying really hard to emphasize <laughs> this is that. all be um i i for a long time had said i don't like movies about horses um Lean on Pete, I actually enjoyed. And then this movie blew me the freak away. Um, it is directed by Chloe Zhao. This is her second feature film, I believe. Um, the actors are playing versions of themselves. This is a real story, but it is a narrative fictional film. And so this appears to be uh, Chloe, Chloe Zhao's uh, style. Her uh, other film is very similar. She was trying to do a documentary about Native Americans um, in South Dakota and they were not being very receptive to her. Um, And so instead, she opted to write a fictional narrative based loosely on the truth um, and had the uh, the actors, well, the the people that would have been in the documentary play characters in her movie, and it got them to open up a little bit. And so she uses a similar style with the writer, 
and um, I've read a lot about this because I was so enamored by this movie I could not help it. Uh, it is about a rodeo star who um, it takes a severe injury, actually happened to Brady Jandro, um, and his real sister plays his sister in the movie, his real father plays his father, and his best friend Lane Scott, who was uh, also a rodeo star, plays himself. And just that alone should be off-putting and maybe like thinking, well, this gonna they're gonna feel like people trying to act, not actors. And at first, I will admit, I, I noticed it a little. By the end, I didn't. They really came into being these characters on the camera. Um, but he's a rodeo star who's now unable to participate because of his injury, trying to find out who he is when he's not this thing. Something I think anybody can relate to if you've ever had to give up the thing you love most because of situations. Um, I was This movie was almost in my top five for sure. It was really hard to leave it out. Um, I, I did not think I would like it, and I ended up absolutely loving it. My wife also loved it, uh, and yeah, um, and there's so many movies that I, uh, I'm going to be posting my full list of 2018 movies basically ranked, not 100% ranked, but my top 25 are officially ranked, and um, that will be available on Letterboxd uh, when you see this podcast, so you'll be able to see exactly all the other films, because there's a few I'd love to mention, but I don't want to take up too much more time, so Corey... Uh, those are my honorable mentions. What are yours? Okay. 10, The Favorite. 9, RBG. Ah, uh, yes. 8, Phantom Thread. Oh. Wasn't that this year? Or I last think year? technically it, it came out officially oh, in sh- 2017, but I think the like it probably came out in a theater in 2018. So we'll, okay. we'll let it slide. Okay. Um, 7, Leave No Trace. And mm. 6, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, I love that Legion of Trace also made it onto your top ten. Um, Go listen to our movie club episode. Uh, yes, it's, a, I, I think, a really solid episode because we were both so kind of taken into that movie, obviously, that it's on both of our top ten lists from 2018. Um, and I think neither of us really knew what to expect going into Leave No Trace. Um, overall, I thought it was a really great year, guys. And uh, before we get off, I do want to talk a little bit about some of my stats from 2018. This is according to Letterboxd. Um, I had 386 diary entries in 2018, so I was I was off by one. I watched 386 movies, um, and scrolling down here, um, the movies I watch I watch most during the year. I saw Hearts Beat Loud three times, Eighth Grade three times, Won't You Be My Neighbor three times. Um, of the the actors that I saw, I saw eight Josh Brolin films in the course of 2018. Um, partly because he was in Deadpool two, Avengers Infinity War and Sicario, Day of the Soldado, but also because of our podcast, Movie Club, several movies we watched had him in it because we watched uh, No Country for Old Men last year um, and a few others. So I saw eight Josh Berlin films, six John C. Riley films, six Jenny Slate films, six Oscar Isaac films, and then five Philip Seymour Hoffman films. That's my top five actors watched last year. And then directors, um, one is unfair, but I, I'm teaching my visual tech, my entry-level film kid, Steven Spielberg, films so uh i've seen six spielberg films five pta films paul thomas anderson because Corey and i did a whole month of pta movies for movie club um three ethan cohen films three damien chazelle films which is all three of his movies um and then this is unfair but three joel cohen but that's the same three i saw with ethan um directed films over the course of the year and again these are little nerdy things that i love about um about uh letterboxd and this one, um, highs and lows. It's movies that I saw 
based on ratings from other users. And the highest average, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Lowest, Slenderman, which fits perfectly. <laughs> um, as that, <laughs> Those are both up on my list. So um, if you don't use Letterboxd, I do recommend it, especially if you're watching a lot of movies. It's a really cool way to kind of keep track of everything. Um, oh, my God. Somebody just posted on Letterboxd, Gotti, five stars. What? <laughs> Somebody needs to watch some more movies, whoever did that. That was a weird thing to happen uh, while we were on the podcast. Yeah. But, <laughs> wow, five stars. I have to read his review. Um, I'm, go- I'm tapping right now. I want to see what's wrong with I this I hope person. that it's a complete essay. It is a, it's fairly long. Um, oh, I, I don't see that one. Oh, I see it. Ooh. Oh, Lord, this person's on uh, clearly medicated. Um, okay, it, it, he's comparing it to The Room and Batman and Robin. So, yeah, he's he's coming at this as it's so bad, it's good attitude. Um, I, I don't usually agree with those things. So, uh, anyways, um, that is our best of 2018. Um, there's so many movies that I would love to talk about here because, again, uh, my top 25 of the 170 movies that I saw last year from 2018 are all five-star rated uh, must-see reviews from me, and that's a lot. Uh, 25 movies that I would, you know, having to fine-tune and decide. Uh, Blind Spotting and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse are my clear favorites from last year uh, without any hesitation. Um, can't stress enough how great some of these movies are. If you missed them, we highly recommend them. Uh, but we'd love for you to follow us um, on social media so you can keep up with our movie watching and our opinions. Um, you can follow me at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey? At Server Mikey. And uh, we encourage you for 2019, challenge yourself. Branch out. Watch the movies that you normally would skip. Like this year for me, I think I watched almost 20 documentaries, which is a uh, still small margin compared to the overall movies that I watch. But for me, by far the most documentaries I've ever watched in a single year. And uh, one of them I saw three times. So, um, you know, try try new things. And if you listen to our podcast, it's a great way to kind of hear about movies that you may not have heard. Mike often tells us about movies we've never even heard of. And Corey and I, with Movie Club, we're constantly trying to watch something we've never watched before. Um, this coming week for Movie Club, Corey and I are watching John Carpenter's Starman uh, from 1984 oh. that neither one of us have ever seen, um, which is not entirely true because I watched it last night. But I had oh. not seen it before last night, <laughs> and um, I can't talk about it because that's what the whole episode will be about. But um, I know, Mike, that's one of your uh, – I don't know if it's favorite, but I know you like that movie if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we have talked about it. I, exactly. It came up, um, uh, I want to say, on Alien films, I believe. I believe so. I believe so. So uh, I can't talk any more about it yet, but I do want to talk to you about it because I, I have some thoughts. But um, I, I, I need to watch it again sometime. So. Yes. Uh, well, listeners, branch out. Uh, check out our podcast. See what you Watch what we're watching because Corey and I uh, do a weekly movie club episode where we watch something we, one of us have never seen at least. And it'd be a great way to join in. Um, you can reach out to us on anchor.fm. That's an app. And our host for our podcast, uh, you can use the app to call into our shows and leave a voicemail. And we can even put you into an episode if you uh, share your thoughts. So we'd love to hear what was your favorite movie from 2018. What did we miss? Um, what's something that maybe we didn't talk about that you think needs to be discussed and maybe needs to be seen? Um, reach out to us. Uh, if you like the podcast, rate and review us. Share us with all of your friends. And until next time, keep watching movies.
Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.